Welcome to season three of the Old Nerd in the Gym Fitness Podcast. We are all about supporting the health and fitness of family caregivers and anyone else who wants to live better and stronger physically and emotionally. This program is a public service media production of GLD Enterprises Communications Limited with our thanks to our guests and other sponsors who support our mission of improved health. You can learn more and send us your questions or comments by visiting our website, oldnerdinthegym.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Old Nerd Fitness. Now let's get started with this episode of Old Nerd in the Gym Fitness Podcast with your hosts, Julie Barth and Jerry Deer. Okay, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Old Nerd in the Gym Fitness Podcast. This is Jerry Deer and I'm here with Julie Barth. Hi, Jerry. You're here like we're used to not doing this for a little while so yeah it's been a minute since we <laughs> did an old nerd yeah so we're it's a we're, different format than our other podcast we're coming back in uh, after several months and uh, part of that is because of logistics and part of it is because of we're doing some reformatting and uh, we're we're back in today for our first episode of season three and, and we're in a new location we are in a new location uh, we're at the DATV studios downtown Dayton and we'll have some information about that on the website if you want to take a look at them uh, it's a nice space here they have a lot of cool stuff to use and they we're have a lot playing of fun, with other toys. Fun equipment that I'm enjoying. Yeah, she's you'll get to see the video part of this one, which we don't do very often. You don't getting tech nerd don't have a lot equipment of, envy. It's a little bit crazy. So um <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about uh today we're gonna be focusing on the COVID nineteen vaccine and we know that that is a very decisive and divisive problem <laughs> right now, right? And yes. you're either on one camp or the other it seems like I would think. And uh we have a lot of different things that we're doing um, about the uh, getting people out, getting them vaccinated, trying to get rid of some of the misinformation that's out there. Yes. And uh, what have you... I keep thinking about, uh, what was it, Mulder and Scully, the truth is out there. Yeah. It just seems so appropriate Eventually, right now. It does, now. really. The, the it's out there somewhere. The mistruth is out there everywhere. The, that's not good. Well, and that's a really good point, because one of the things we're going to try to focus on today is we know that there's a political side of this thing. We're going to steer clear of that. And one of the things I want to make sure that we understand that there is a very big difference between, and I've said this on this podcast and others before and in some of their content, that there's a big difference between truth and fact Mm -hmm. and we're going to focus on fact not truth truth is entirely subjective right so we're going to not be talking about truth. We're going to be talking about science and right. fact. And our we'll guests who are we're introduced. We'll leave rhetoric to some other podcast. We'll leave that for somebody not else. For us. We don't do that. Um, so it, you may not, if you are from a particular camp, you may not like what we say because it is based in fact. Um, <laughs> if you're in another particular camp, you may not like what we say because, well, it's based in fact. If you don't believe in science, then stop listening now. Science is not something you need to believe in. That's what I like about it. Uh, science is pretty definitive. So once you've worked it all out, it works out pretty well. So, But we have a lot of things going on today. So uh, I just wanted to point out, uh, first, I want to welcome, um, do we do it doctor or MD at the end? We just say it. I think just Leanne is perfectly fine. (laughs) Leanne Poston, and she's going to be introducing herself in a minute. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, She's going to be giving you a little background on herself uh, here in just a second, but I'm going to just start out with a couple of statistics like we always do on Old Nerd. And No dad jokes today? I don't have any dad jokes. There aren't really that many funny COVID-19 vaccine jokes. (laughs) Guess what happens if you don't get one? You could die. (laughs) 
See, it's uh, just not as funny as anything else. Yeah, it doesn't else. really work. So we want to do that. But I was just looking at, uh, so I should let everybody know, we are recording this on August the 3rd, right? This yep. is August 3rd of 2021. The before the best day ever. It, it's your birthday, we know. Um, so <laughs> uh, you can ignore that or you can send, you know, gift cards or whatever. Make sure you use my email address. So, <laughs> but I, I want take PayPal. So I wanted to let you know, I'm just kind of going through this on today's date, according to the CDC. Now, uh, Leanna and I were talking about August what... August 3rd, 2021, maybe you should be specific. I did say that. Okay. Um, that 2021, and Leanna and I spoke a minute ago before we got started about what some of the best locations for information are, and we both agree, start with the CDC. Right. Uh, second would be talking to your own doctor, most likely. Absolutely. If you have questions, that's the place to go. Start going. And we'll, we'll deal with more of that here in a few minutes. So I'm just going to start with the CDC, and we're going to look at a couple of pieces of information. So this is their official page that's the CDC's uh, COVID data tracker, and they have just about everything you can imagine on here. They talk about the the cases in the last 30 days. They talk about the number of vaccine doses delivered. They talk about deaths per capita. Everything is on here. And this is, again, this is statistical fact. This is what they're keeping track of. And um, so we're going to look at the first thing, according to this, on this date, according to the CDC, 164.9 million people are fully vaccinated. I don't know what the entire population of the country is. That's in right the now. United States, right? That's in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, these are all U.S. stats. Um, only 57.8% of the entire country, just a little over half, have been at least one dose. Right. And that's one thing that I think gets a lot of misconception because some of the statistics are for the entire country. Yeah. And some of them are for people who are eligible for vaccination. Right. So and that this is the entire little, number. Right. So that includes the people, un, you know, the children under age 12 who are not eligible for vaccination. So if we use the word, well, well, in this, this actually, yeah, and you got to be clear because this does say at least one dose, which means we're assuming they've been, they are eligible because mm-hmm. they got the dose. Okay. So that's uh, that is fifty seven point eight percent of people who have had at least one dose based on the entire population, greater than or equal to twelve years of age, which is the minimum, right? That is correct. Twelve years at this point. There are approved vaccines for age twelve and over right now. Okay, and uh, I think the the only one that isn't is Johnson Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that is the case. I also. think that's correct. Um, and you should again ask your doctor; they will tell you. Uh, but this one says the percentage of population uh, twelve and older. At least 12 years old, 67.6% have received at least one dose. Right. So we're starting in the right direction, at least. Right. The goal is to be 70% (laughs) last month, correct? Right. And And that was 4th of July, is what President Biden said, right? That was his goal, yes. That was his goal. Are they going for 70% of people eligible, right? Not 70% of the population? Because obviously we can't do anything about kids 12 and under. Right. And and that's that's the thing. We have to to consider this from eligibility. Right. We don't think about it as the entire population, but that's how some of the math is working. So you have to be sure what the data is you're looking at. And also when you're comparing our data... with other countries, because that brought up a lot of discussion earlier in the year when Great Britain comparing their data to ours. They were using eligible and we were using total population. So we looked like we were significantly behind. All of that math looks really weird if you don't know what the origin of it is. That is correct. What units specific about what statistic you're looking at? If you're looking at the number. Well, if you're looking at miles versus kilometers, (laughs) it feels like a lot further, you know? Well, and it also leads to misinformation because people will bring up two different numbers and think, well, how can they both be correct? Right. Right. And I love to do my weight in kilograms. It's great. 
Wouldn't it be a lot bigger? Or on them? No, it's no. It's like thirty. Oh, it's smaller. Okay, I see. All right. Oh, I was thinking grams for some reason. Okay, or let's on do the it. Moon, in, let's know, do it in grams. If anybody asked? It's one six. So, uh, so we have the the next piece of this. Um, I'm just going to read one more of these. Let's see. We have according to this, four hundred million six hundred seventy four thousand nine hundred sixty five doses have been delivered. That's distributed. Well, that's impressive that you even read that number. Uh, it's the next one is even more impressive. Administered. This is how many have been given out. Three hundred forty six million nine hundred twenty four thousand three hundred forty five. Wow. So it is uh, roughly fifty th- fifty million more have been delivered than have actually been administered. So there's still a lot out there yes. that hasn't even been used yet. And that's um, Yeah, that was a concern I heard on the radio the other day was that some countries, the people are not coming to get the vaccines and they're expiring or they're, you know, they can't yeah, be used anymore. They're getting, they're it getting ends up used being up. wasted, unfortunately, when people are not using them. And a lot, uh, they're, they're perishable. Mm-hmm. So you've got this whole thing. All right. So the the last thing I'm going to point out here, and this is not on their page. This is something that happened this morning. Again, this is August 3rd, 2021. And there was a news story that came across. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of details about this. You can look this up on your own. Uh, New York City is now, as of this morning, requiring uh, vaccination proof for indoor dining and fitness centers. So they're worried about it enough that it spiked back up. And right. here in Greene County, Ohio, which is where we're, our, we are based, we're in Montgomery County right now, but in Greene County, it is it is growing. Yes. We're, we're seeing more uh, more cases of, of COVID. And, and my it, sister lives in Florida, and they're back in the red again now. That so is that's just a high risk crazy down there, what's yeah. going on. I don't know. I don't know if it has to do with the transient. Well, you, I think the tourism probably has a lot to do with transmission down there because there's so many people that are there from another place. Right. Everybody goes to Florida. Into, and coming into contact with other people who live there and then they're leaving and, you know, they're bringing their germs with them. And organizations like Disney mm-hmm. have now started requiring masks again. Good. Inside the park. Because that's a lot of people in one day. That is a lot of people in one day. Think not, about not how the many happiest people, place in the world. How many people Mickey Mouse has to rub up against every day? It's I think Mickey is glad lot. to be in the costume. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Think You've got, got some barriers. Gone under that. I would. I mean, a number of kids. And, how many I mean, just, layers of uh, those costumes? How are many heavy. layers of fluff can you put between you and the? the that's a lot of small that's, children. It's a lot of fluff. Little germ pots is what we used to call children when I worked. Little in germ pots. <laughs> I worked in daycare. That's what we called them. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting because I've just got the iPad in front of me here and I'm just going through a couple of these stories and it, it's just it, it just never ceases to amaze me how this is working. So before I go any further, we're going to get into the meat of this thing now and remember the goal of Old Nerd. Our whole purpose is to provide you with information and help you uh, deal with the health and wellness of your everyday thing. And again, we're focused a lot on um, caregivers because Mm -hmm. especially in this situation, caregivers are very much at risk because they could bring it to the person they're in charge of. And that was my situation a year ago when I was taking care of my dad. Just doing your daily activities of going to the pharmacy and taking care of the person you're going out and being in the world and then coming and bringing them back home. Now, when I was caring for dad before he passed away, we were in complete lockdown Mm -hmm. through that time. Even his funeral funeral was difficult. And you were able to get pharmacy delivered and yeah, that sort stuff of thing, so we came didn't have to, to go out as much. Yes, yeah, so, uh, but he did not leave the house. No. I mean, unless we had to. And and I could take him outside and do things, because we have a fairly decent piece of property, so right. I can get him outside. But there was still this problem, and if you're taking care of somebody, this is something that definitely 
I think they, uh, this is something that definitely has a problem on both sides of this thing. So right now I'm going to turn it over to Leanne. Um, give us a little bit. I want, I want the, the folks listening to have a good understanding of your background. So they understand you had some experience with pediatrics and, and all these areas that are kind of a hot button right now. So give us a little about your background for right. I attended medical school at Boonshoft um, Medical School here in Dayton and did my residency in pediatrics and practiced in the local area for about 11 or 12 years. After that, I, I transitioned over to teaching because you know, the, I guess the best way to sum it up is I'm a trained pediatrician, but education is my choice. Okay. And that's where my focus has been. I taught for about 12 years, really learned a lot about how kids think and adolescents think and their concerns. And, and that's been very useful over this last year because a lot of the articles I've been asked to write and to discuss are weighing the risk and benefits for children, you know, as far as being in the classroom and the drawbacks of not being in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I also have a master's in education in educational technology, so I'm very familiar with online teaching and how to do online teaching. And then the you medical You would have been risk. very helpful the last year. So. I have. I've, I've actually <laughs> super busy. contributed to about 300 articles on wow. COVID. That's almost um, one every day. It is. Well, it, that's all I do all day is write. <laughs> so, so in your experience, and obviously none of us have really run into anything like this before but there are parents who are and i'm going to just preface this that, that we're going to talk for a minute about kids because we're about to go into the uh fall school season and schools are open again yes, yes they are and so even i remember people growing up that you know i i was a child of the, of the 60s so when i came into the 70s is when i remember things and i remember that there were parents who were reluctant to get their kids vaccinated for the regular stuff that we had to have like the the rubella and the measles and all that stuff and I remember they were seen as sort of wackos. You know, they were just like, "You're a weirdo. Get out. You can't come in here." It was an you... outlier thing. It was an outlier thing, and, yes. and it was a it was a fear of medicine. It was a fear of whatever. It was the stout. Who knows? And we don't know what they were thinking. But it's now, the natural homo homeopathic kind of thing that came about in the seventies. Well, it was partly that, but it, partly it was fear. There was a lot of fear. And, and we have a lot of fear now. Right. And I think a part of that is because people don't understand exactly what vaccines are and how they work. Right. You know, when, when you're there's there's several different forms of vaccines. You can inject, you know, live viruses. You can inject recombinant ones. You can inject pieces of DNA. I mean, there's a bunch of different things that you can inject. And that sounds a little scary that you're putting things directly into your system that you really aren't having a whole lot of control over. Right. So let's talk about the science behind this particular vaccine. Sure. Because I, I, a lot of people are misunderstanding it as with other ones where you have a, a viral vaccine often puts the virus into your body. This is an mRNA vaccine, which does not do that. That is absolutely true. What what the mRNA vaccine is, it is a two components to it is all. It has a lipid outer coat to it. Um, it's called a liposome. And the reason that it has that is because all of your cell membranes are made of lipids. And the only way to get the contents of the vaccine into your cell is to have it in the lipid. It's kind of like that like dissolves like feeling, right. you know, where if it's in water, it's not going to get into your cell. Got so it. That's the reason for that. Inside of that lipid coating is a piece of messenger RNA. Now the COVID, you know, one, and that's one of the misconceptions people have. They, they think that the entire virus genetic sequence is inside that vaccine, and it's not. It is a very small part of the sequence just for the spike protein. And that's to get it to attach to the Right. To the the virus, spike protein is the part that attaches to what's called the ACE receptor. And that's the receptor that's in you that the virus binds to. So the, the thought is this, that if you have a sequence of the mRNA for the spike protein and you put it in this lipid coating, 
and then you inject it into your muscle, then that lipid coating will help that messenger RNA get into a muscle cell. And once it's in the muscle cell, your cell's machinery is gonna start making that protein, that spike protein. And then the cell, what it does, and with all your proteins, is it puts a little piece of that protein out on the outside of your cell, kind of like a flag, and says, this, there's a foreign protein inside me just to let you know immune system so you can recognize it. Mm -hmm. Then your immune system comes by and it sees that foreign protein and it starts making cells and it makes um, what are called T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes. T lymphocytes are your fighting cells. They destroy other cells that are contaminated. And B cells, what they do is they make antibody. And you make both of those, T cells and B cells, against that spike protein. And you have a special subpopulation of them called memory B cells and memory T cells, and they stick around for a while. And then the next time you get exposed to that spike protein attached to a, a COVID virus, um, those B cells and T cells start multiplying very quickly and are ready to fight. And that's why you may get a little bit of symptom, but you're not going to get the full-blown illness. Is that also, uh, that has a little to do with why you get some of the symptoms after the second dose too, right? Isn't it, it is, because what's going on is because you have that foreign flag out there, that spike protein, mm -hmm. and your immune system is saying, hey, that cell, something's wrong with it. Right. It's got a, a foreign protein in it. We got to get rid of it. So it's like the flags on Minesweeper. You put one of those little red ones up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And be like, watch out for this cell. Exactly. And then you have what are called cytotoxic T cells. It's an impressive name. They, they're kind of like pac and what they do is they come by and they destroy those infected cells. So it, this is a, that's pretty complicated for the average person to gather. So throwing that out on the evening news really wouldn't have meant much, would it? No. And, <laughs> and so people tend to simplify it. And when you, when you simplify information, of course, you're going to lose some of the detail. And I think that's where a few things happen. First of all, people get the idea that the entire DNA sequence is in this vaccine. And first of all, it's not DNA, it's RNA. It's RNA. And RNA is, is constantly being made and broken down in all of your cells, not just the spike protein. The second misconception people have is that that RNA is going to get incorporated into your DNA and change it forever. That's not going to happen because RNA doesn't get incorporated into DNA. RNA is separate. RNA is a different kind of genetic material. And then another misconception people have is that when you hear that the vaccine is 95% effective or 90% effective, they think that that's a failure on the part of the, of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's not due to the vaccine. It's due to your immune system. Also, no no vaccine is 100% effective. No. It's just not possible. Is and, it? and why is it not possible? Because your DNA is different than my DNA. Right. And I may have a genetic sequence that codes for T cells and B cells that make better memory cells against that particular protein than you do. So an individual person's immune system would affect the effectiveness. Absolutely. And that is what, what determines the effectiveness of it. Um, Some of us are better at these things than others. Well, we all have things that we're better <laughs> at. You know, you've, you've, a good example is you've heard about how you can have a genetic um, change or a genetic variant that protects some people from HIV AIDS. And that's certainly not everybody. Oh gosh, it's, it's otherwise it wouldn't have been an epidemic of its own. And and a really good example of this was a story that or a, a case in England, and and don't quote me on on the origin because I'm trying to remember details from a long time ago. But a child needed a, a bone marrow transplant. Actually, it was an adult. He needed a bone marrow transplant to, after cancer. 
and he was H- had HIV. And they, and they actually got the bone marrow from a person who happened to have this genetic change that protected him from HIV. Wow. And he was cured from his cancer and his HIV at the same time. Wow. Well, that's a happy day for that fellow. Huh? <laughs> it was. But <laughs> he it's, comes out and he's like, I got all kinds of things not Everything's fixed. Now. That's great. Right. And, but it's a really good example of how all of our genetics affect how, first of all, how we're going to experience COVID if we get mm-hmm. infected with it. And it's it. all very random. It we is. don't we don't know what our DNA, I mean, who's gonna go in and check that? I mean, you'd have there's, to have a reason to, right? Even if you right. could. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of genetic testing that you can get done nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find out all kinds of things about yourself with genetic testing. That's probably gonna be a whole nother yeah, old you nerd can get episode. The, the markers because, for all of those things right? that you might be and, and that's the for. thing that I think we're all susceptible to yeah. something. How at which part do we stop chopping things off? Well, I would like to have I mean, that done for my son because I don't know his father's side of the family well, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily no idea what's going on. Trust now. that I'm getting the right information. <laughs> that you know all these things that he could be susceptible to because I don't know that side. That's a whole half of his genes that I'm not familiar with. You know. So when it comes to the and and I I should point out. I mean we've we've got people in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that refused to take the virus uh, vaccination for mm-hmm. the virus and we made sure that Julie's son got it because mm-hmm. he's starting school in the fall and he he's very scientific he's, well, we, he's 15 he's all about it got it done the week as after soon as they allowed it was it. available or the week of because i was going to see my brother in florida and he has a muni- my brother-in-law is immunosuppressed he has mm-hmm. myasthenia grava so he has a lot of immune issues and we were not going to be able to visit uh, with my son if he wasn't vaccinated. And a lot of our, uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of immune issues and things like that associated with this, but pretty much everybody can get this thing. And I mean, it's not really something that we have a lot of immunity to in the first place, which is why it's such a problem. Right. And and, and that's another a good point because we, we talk about influenza and, and you know, when mm-hmm. I've talked, I just did a recent uh, talk on the difference between influenza and COVID because I think people think that COVID is so very different. It is very different. And the reason is because every time you've gotten the flu in the past, mm-hmm. the genetic sequence for that particular strain virus or strain yeah. was was had a large overlap with a previous one you had right so you had a little bit of immunity and your body remembers that you, right. you may just not get as sick in the same ways it's exactly. like internet the cookies previous. on the web <laughs> your computer remembers you've been there before it's the body's and internet your body cookies. remembers you've been there before let's okay let's dumb this down even further <laughs> uh so and and therein what you just said uh-huh. is part of the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you took this piece, this one piece that she just said, and I realize we're we're playing with this, but you took this one piece of information that she said and broke it up and separated it from context and gave it this new meaning. Right. And that's what's happening. And then people latch onto that one people little thing that. that is not in context anymore. It, yeah, we don't know. Well, and, and importantly, it is important what you just said because you you, you made it an internet cookie. Right. Um, and those can be around forever, right? They yep. can. And so people are expecting the vaccines to, to, last. to, to induce last. the memory B cells and memory T cells and for them to last forever. Well, and they don't. That's an interesting point because the other stat that I read this morning was from uh, a, a study done of Pfizer's um, vaccine that it is only effective for about four months 
And at that point, it starts losing up to 70% of its effectiveness, which is why one of them, I forget if it was Pfizer or, or um, Moderna, was trying to get the government to let them do a booster. Mm-hmm. After six months, I think it was. I don't know what the number is or what they've decided on. but right. And well, when they do the vaccine testing, they follow the antibodies for people who have gotten the vaccine that were in the clinical trial. Mm-hmm. And they watch and see when those antibody levels start to decline. Right. And that's how they make that judgment that your memory B cells and memory T cells are not producing as much antibody and therefore the vaccine is not as effective. Right. So it really, once again, has nothing to do with the vaccine. It has everything to do with your immune system. It's all system about the people again. And losing its effectiveness. Now, would all of us lose our memory B cells and T cells at the same rate? No. no. And so, and some of us never developed memory B cells and memory T cells and we're going to be what's considered a vaccine failure. Plus, so let's 5%. throw in all the other variables of age, gender, mm-hmm. blah, right. blah, origin, like what our history is like from our families right. going back a thousand years didn't have whatever well, this is. Yeah, right? And age is a really big one because it, um, it's a it's the phenomenon called senescence. Your immune system naturally declines with age, right? right. You know, and which that's is why we're so careful with our seniors, and mm-hmm. and that's why the vaccines were given first to the old populations. Right. Yeah, because they were at highest risk because we knew their immune system wouldn't work as well. And one right. of the things we were the one of the old nerds we did originally when the vaccine was going on and it had just started. One of the things we talked about was they they didn't do this, and I feel like looking forward, if we have another issue of this, I feel like they should. Uh, I don't know if it's government or who decides that stuff, but who gets the vaccine because again we're focused on thinking about how the caregivers are dealing with they should immunize the 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 senior and the caregiver at the same time mm-hmm. for the same reasons because right. if i had to go out and i came back and my father was mm-hmm. potentially you know yeah if any one of us who was in our little pod had to go out and come away and have to be in charge right. of him we could give him that buck mm-hmm. so it, we should all be but where does that stop? Are you going to do the whole pod? And I mean, that's going to ripple out. Well, no, so but I think gonna, at least be very at least the primary gear, caregiver should be. It's like I don't understand the concept of not requiring healthcare workers to have this shot because yeah, it makes no sense. It's just the math in my head doesn't work. Well, especially because a lot of a lot of hospitals in the past have required the flu vaccine. You right, you couldn't work there if you didn't get. Yeah, the how flu. is it any different than that? Than, than it the really is. Requiring you to have, you know. Well, the only the only difference that I can come up with so far is the fact that it isn't still not FDA approved. Right. You know, and... It's still under emergency. There's a lot of FDA-approved things that I, don't work very well. I believe President <laughs> President Biden actually spoke about having it approved just to allay to, those to people's get that fears, away. so that the that employers could require it. But at the same, I would think teachers and you know first line workers should all be required. Well, and some organizations are requiring it mm-hmm. now. Right. Because yeah. obviously the kids can't get vaccine, vaccinated. There's nothing we can do, you know. But the fifth grade teacher can. Right. And therefore, at least they're not bringing that in. Right. But you mentioned you know as far as populations and who should be vaccinated mm-hmm. first I, I i don't remember which country it was but there was an interesting me- method another country did they vaccinated all their workers first they actually didn't go with the seniors like the, the federal workers the government workers? The not government? just that just anybody who's working Kroger's, oh really well that makes sense um their logic was that they didn't want to shut down their economy and mm-hmm. if they got their workers vaccinated first they could keep working that would and, minimize a lot of that public, and the seniors and older people could just stay home yeah and the workers would be able to safely That's bring logical. stuff to them 
So let's let's talk about this for for a minute. We're going to have a sort of a break here at the bottom of the hour. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna shift gears here at the at the half. But uh, you and I spoke on the phone yesterday. And one of the things that we we both kind of went into was there's a one of the fears of this thing or was being used as a lever to make people scared of it. I think or something like that was that this had been rushed, mm-hmm. that it had been pushed forward too quickly, but some of the analogies we were talking about for, for me it was like when you think about how uh, during wartime our technology advances tenfold right because we wanted the a bomb faster than the other guys had it so in a couple of years we had a working nuclear weapon because we wanted to end the war because they figured just the threat of it would be enough to do but look at all the resources that mm-hmm. went into that right four different countries and and if you think about all of these research facilities that were doing different types of research across the country are now all working on the same project well, and that's where i was going with it so, so talk about that a little bit like when people say well it was too fast it's not fda approved they they didn't do all this testing right when, they did do the test when somebody's going to do a clinical trial for something there is a standard process they have to follow they first First, have to approve. It has to have animal testing done first, then safety testing, and then efficacy testing. It always is done that way. And if if I got this brand new medication that nobody knows is going to work or not, you know, I'm going to have to come up with all the funding to get that testing done. And I'm going to have to be the one that convinces everyone that it's worth testing for safety and efficacy. It's like and they always say that first pill is $20 billion, but the right. next pill is six bucks. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of money. time, money, and convincing <laughs> for me to get you to fund this for me. Right. But if we're all working together, I mean, the funding was never an obstacle. Everybody stepped up to fund. The researchers and the brains and the you know, scientists behind it were all there. So many people involved in that. But Just, even, I mean, on a smaller scale, look at the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Up until a year, last year, were restaurants doing things like, you know, delivering your food to your and drinks everything and everything is adjusted exactly everything is adjusted so now everybody has been so innovative because there was an app you know something happened that caused everybody to think outside the box how quickly did we go to online school and zoom meetings well and- it was a necessity yeah, i mm-hmm. mean well, one of the networking groups we were in um two Pit- weeks oh i don't think one it was took that- two weeks the other one took six i mean and the, they spun it around the only and- difference was how fast they decided it was important and i, I should point out that but it was a larger group one of the organizations has 10 thousand chapters right and around the world and to gather that much uh, infrastructure for Mm -hmm. an an electronic way of meeting and their weekly meetings and be able to do that to get everyone off of in person and set up the zoom concept and yeah so all of this goes back to it wasn't that it was done rapidly. No. It was just a whole lot of resources at one time right. that pushed it forward really quickly. Well, think about your example. And if you had a life and death situation that, you know, you had the potential to make a fortune off of if you were able to come up with a viable mm-hmm. solution to. And all not these to guys mention, are going to work on it. Not right. to mention sure. the, the esteem and the Nobel and, Prize you're probably going to get at yeah. the end right. of this thing. And you got to know people were thinking about that because right. this is a PR win for whoever <laughs> did this first. First. And now yeah. we got three people, three organizations who get uh-huh. to get, hey, we got it first, you know, but somebody was, I don't know who's so first. But. When does humanity need and dollars all come together? <laughs> <laughs> we got to the moon. Well, the, no. first, the first vaccine, I believe, was 1796. I looked it up the other day. The first actual vaccine ever that done. That was for... Um, 
Smallpox? Smallpox, yes. 1796. They noticed that the milkmaids did not get cowpox, Mm -hmm. and they developed the cowpox vaccine to work for smallpox. The things that you learn on Old Nerd in the Gym. Actually, that was an unrelated thing that the 15-year-old asked, so I don't know. (laughs) It just happened to be useful this week. Well, I think we're we're (laughs) over our half mark, so we're going to take a break, and uh, we've got some messages for you, but we'll be right back uh, after that, and we're going to get in. We're going to get to know you a little bit more. Okay. She's looking a little worried. (laughs) Everyone always looks frightened to that. And now, here is your old nerd wellness tip of the day. With concerns about safety of in-person healthcare visits and limited availability of telemedicine, many people put off regular well visits and routine care appointments during the pandemic. But doctors recommend resuming those visits as soon as possible to maintain health and catch potentially dangerous issues in the earliest possible stages. This is especially important for children, pregnant women, and seniors. And remember to keep your relevant vaccinations up to date, including flu, pneumonia, shingles, and of course, COVID-19. So be sure to check in with all of your healthcare providers, including your general practice physician, any specialists you may have, and your eye doctor. Okay, we're back uh, with Leanne Poston, Dr. Leanne Poston. I think it's important you earned it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't say that to just anybody either. Mm. Uh, so th- we have some fun questions for you. Okay. So uh, older, one of the things we try to do is get make sure that, you know, everybody's having a good time and you remember something about the person because we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff today. So, and that's not, that's not unusual for us. We've had some pretty hard. We get into some deep stuff some now deep and then. discussions. Yes. But uh, this is, this is the hardest one. The vaccine is a really big problem. But so here's our first Getting to know you question. Are you ready for this? I am. Okay. Fun questions, fun questions. <laughs> do we have one for that? I don't yes. think we have one for that. I do. Uh, what's on your night table? My phone, because I'm obsessive. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that, you know. I know, I know, I know. And, you mean and, I'm and not supposed to Medical specialist. Not say. supposed to sleep with it tucked under my arm? No, you're no. not. This is a don't do what I do type Okay, thing. all right. But I have clients that are global and I confess, you know, if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I'll check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do the same thing. I was about to say, I have a feeling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that neither of us can say we have not checked email at three a- o'clock. Anything in the else besides your phone? Oh, so um, a lamp of some kind. And no, my husband designed this really cool thing to have the lamps like in hotel rooms that are actually attached to the bed. Frame. Oh, nice. So oh, don't have need to fool that with that. Up space or nice. Okay. He no. sounds handy. Very yeah. good. Very good. Okay, that's cool. Um, what is on your pizza? Well, I have two adult children that live with me and Eric, and we have a third child and he's vegan. So, um, <laughs> so that makes it a little harder. Yeah. So, so he gets his own pizza. They get the, <laughs> so it's <yeah>. crust and <laughs> he and his wife get their pizza. Love them to death, but you know, yeah. we won't share pizza. Got with it. Them. Yep. My you, one son will not eat anything other than cheese. That's it. My daughter will go with pepperoni, but you can, you get the point. I'm very yeah, limited. Yeah, it's all here. over the place. So, yeah. so what's on yours? If you were to pick, what's on? Oh, I got to share with somebody yeah. because oh, so I yeah because I'm you always got your very own pizza without yeah, anyone else's input. To, yeah, what's see? your dream pizza? You go to okay. a hotel somewhere just to You're do way your for thing. the weekend. Just me, glass of wine and a pizza. Huh? Yeah, yeah. What would be the mm. pizza? Ooh, and a bubble bath. <laughs> now we've gone off the rails. Now I know what I want for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well. 
You're getting McDonald's as soon as this is over. Pepperoni <laughs> and sausage, of course, make a great pizza. Okay, and, got it. Uh, of course, cheese. Cheese, got it. There's no pizza without cheese. Do you extra cheese. cheese or? No, the regular amount of cheese is good. I like the extra sauce, though, because okay. I really so like the sauce. Okay, it up. And then, you know, I like onions, tomatoes, maybe some pineapple. So if, ah. if your family's listening she to said this, the bad something word. really nice to do. F- Wait, what? Did I just miss you that? It went it. right past me, didn't it? Was it was the last thing. <laughs> the question is, are you team pineapple or not? I, I listened to one of your previous podcasts, and I oh. knew. I she knew we were knew coming I, up with I the pineapple threw question. that pineapple in at the very end just, just to me. get you. Yep. Oh. She's lying Sorry. about the pineapple She's now. <laughs> so we have, That's what are okay. we? Well, the lawyer wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> he said, well, it depends on who I'm eating it with. Yeah, I'm right. like, he had the political answer that for the best pineapple, answer. no pineapple. So pineapple is a big contentious thing, too. So apparently pineapple is a little like getting your vaccine. You got It's either one or the other. Uh-huh. There's no middle. So it's like a, a big, crazy thing. So <laughs> so we're, are we like 70-30 now? Uh, yeah, I think the, Roughly, no, the 70, no pineapples no, are still winning. No pineapples are still winning. The so. pro-pineapple seems to be They're catching having, up a little. They're having some sort of a resurgence. Yeah. We but understand. I might have messed up your, your poll, though, because you don't know what my motivation that's was. That's true. That's true. You know? Well, you know, and so you <laughs> Our have, sample has been corrupted. She's contaminated our sample here, so <laughs> our poll may not be accurate anymore. Oh, but it does demonstrate what we were talking about, though, as far as statistics. Very much you so. Know? She's usually <laughs> using gle- information gleaned from somewhere else to so, formulate and, an opinion. And, and we're coming to that. That's actually a, a next topic, but I, I have one more question for you. Sure. Which is, what is your favorite exercise or fitness activity? If you have a favorite. Oh, I definitely do 10,000 steps every single day. Really? Every day. Wow, that's hard for a writer. As a writer, yeah, are you are you <laughs> like? Uh, if I don't go, what's the word? Make myself dictating into a voice recorder while you're before, walking. It wouldn't be first. See, I like to listen to. I, I I'm I do a lot of courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I review courses for Coursera too. Okay. That's one of my jobs that I picked up over the time. Ooh, and so fun. I get all kinds of interesting type of courses, and you know they pay me to do. A certain amount of review, but you know, you when you, you, you just get you, into it, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, like next oh, week I'm I... learning Portuguese. <laughs> right. I got to listen to the rest of the course. So yeah. that's where the so my... you get your steps by just doing Absolutely. stuff like that. So okay. So do you walking walk around your... in a circle, or do you do this outside? You have a treadmill. Do you? Well, I How don't, do you get your steps? Yeah, I don't do my steps outside because mm-hmm. I'm not that coordinated. Okay. You, know? <laughs> um, you can relate, but. There are things that will trip me up on ground. Like Our house is nicely designed with a, a big <laughs> walkway that you can go around so that you could walk inside. And I have oh, a treadmill downstairs. Nice. Okay. There's a track inside. There's a track inside. Um, That's what we need to do is put a rooftop track so uh, in, in our studio in the studio. Yeah, like a rooftop. A catwalk. Well, you can walk up and we down the attic catwalk. if you want there to. You go. Just walk back and forth in the attic. I've done it, that too. Do the same I, thing. It's when I was just finished saying I fall down on flat ground, you want me to do steep well, once stairs you're up there, to you're an good, attic? You know, <laughs> and you get to the point where you can your feet know the direction. Because I, when I worked at Wright State, I used to close my door and pace, and I could get six thousand right steps state. in right yeah, there. Wright State, you could walk forever too. I mean, I between know. the tunnels, it is and a the, very. Uh, but so you know the sidewalk heavy campus won't there. Go that so we'll far. go that way. <laughs> so just to let you know, does Wright State have the underground tunnels? It too? does. They do. Yes. Uh, there's not a two. They were first. <laughs> I just assume other cold weather places. No, have it was them. bomb shelters. Oh, okay. That was that was the original. I would presume idea. that University of Minnesota might have some underground shelters. Well, they probably do, too. but not for the same reasons. We yeah. even have we even had an. Uh, we have, is the amphitheater still there? 
I don't remember. Yeah. It's just like off the one tunnel. There was this glass window like you're in a fishbowl and people sitting there studying, looking at you when you walk That's by. That's creepy. It was, <laughs> it was meant to do like outdoor classes and, and have a little show or whatever you wanted to do with it. But you can't really get, I don't remember a door. Like it's it's very I'm strange. It's be been a long time. Visualizing it, yes. It's been a long. So Wright State University, I should tell everybody, started out as a. Uh, if you're not from the Dayton, Ohio area, it's it's most famous for its basketball here, um, but uh, also that's named after the Wright brothers. If you can figure that out, you got you shouldn't be listening to this one because that's kind of Dayton. Um, but the uh, Miami University uh, put in a Dayton campus in, in '67, and they decided eventually they spun it off and mm-hmm. became Wright State. Um, but it, it's probably best known that when I was going to school there, which was in the 80s, um, that we were pretty much already ADA. We were handicapped mm-hmm. accessible mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every, ramps, tunnels, the whole deal. You could go anywhere. We had elevators in every building. It was just like a big deal at the time. Wow. Um, so that was its claim to fame. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. So we're going to move on to an, another piece of this. Um and the next thing we're going to be talking about here is we, we mentioned it just a minute ago is how the misinformation gets spread. And the misinformation is one of those things that, you know, we, we have various levels of trust in the media mm-hmm. and there is journalism and there's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's blurred a lot today. Mm-hmm. Um, as a journalist, one of my things I've always hated was watching a commentator or watching a, a, an anchor person comment on the story that they're reading to you. Because it kind of smudges the lines a little bit. Um, you don't like when they talk about how cute the puppies were. I really don't. Segment. I want them to just be quiet and read the news. I mean, they're just reading it to mm-hmm. me anyway. And that's yeah. fine. But um, you would not have seen Murrow or Cronkite. have an opinion. Murrow or Cronkite, if they were giving an opinion, they told you they were giving you their opinion right now. It right. would say editorial or something. Um, yeah, Paul it Harvey had a preface at the beginning that says this yes. is this is an op-ed. Yeah, piece. there was a line, and you, and, you, and it was fine for them to do that, but they made sure. That And you, you have to understand that the anchor person of a network television program is the managing editor. So their job is to decide what goes on that program, and their final decision is it, except for their bosses. We don't know how that and works producers. today. Uh, no, the producers don't say that. Really? The, the managing editor, it's like in a newspaper. The managing editor is the one who fi- makes the final decision. And according to the way CBS has always done it, it's been that way. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that Today, we have these blurred lines between entertainment and and news, and news programs tend to be more entertainment than they are news anymore, and they're trying to add more stuff in. So in order to do that, there is the occasional sensationalizing of a story. Whether it's meant that way or not, it comes across that way to a certain group of population where I can filter it out because I know it's happening. So I just get, you want the facts. And, and that's where part of this comes in because we've been given mixed information from government, mixed information from news media, mixed information from healthcare professionals who will say, I work in healthcare, I'm not getting the vaccine, mm-hmm. which that just really, I mean, how could you get that far? But you have to look at who that healthcare person is and what their position is too. And what their motivation is. Yes. Right. So and we have no idea what that motivation is. Well, I mean, when in the past have we ever had things like monetization of YouTube Right. videos for good point doctors healthcare professionals Very ev- good point. every healthcare professional can go on youtube and honestly you have you have to stand out and right. you, you know as well as i do standing out usually requires a little peripheral mm-hmm. position P- there. <laughs> yeah you so. have to make something about yourself that's a little bit 
flamboyant or for well, some you're, reason you're exaggerating you or uh, and maybe herd. maybe exaggerating isn't the right word but you're blowing it out of proportion whatever uh-huh. the thing is or you're taking something again out of context as we mentioned before mm-hmm. and you're you're using that one piece right. and it's gotten out of control well um, and you have the concept of people who are branding themselves so they right. get off on this you know tangent of I'm the brand and you know I have to have a specific way of making myself more special because they uh that way you would tune in tune into them versus someone else you know there's 10,000 you know, however many thousands of YouTube channels out there well, why well, why watch you and not someone else and now anybody can publish information on the on the internet if they want right. to i mean you- and there's no uh you know I, I tell art writers that i work with if you bring me a source that says wikipedia you're fired right. mm-hmm because it's that's just There's one of the things. There's nobody checking and balancing mm-hmm. that that's the correct information. I need to see. You know, in the old days, back when I started in newspapers, you had to bring the editor three sources, mm-hmm. and they had to be independent sources. So if you're not talking to the congressman or whatever, you can't read the report that NBC did and use that in your article. You had to go call the guy and find out what was going on. They don't do that anymore. Well, and sources is a really good point as far as this circumstance because uh, the preprints that have been out, and, and you know, we have preprint servers now in the science field, and what those are are journal articles that a person or people have reviewed, and they look okay, but they have not gone through the peer review process. They weren't really vetted by... Well, they haven't finished the peer review process, and, and you know that when they're on a preprint service, they, they haven't gone through that process. And the purpose is, if I find something really important out about COVID, everybody needs to know about it really quickly. We can't go through the entire process. Right. But you hear about papers being withdrawn, mm-hmm. and the reason they're being withdrawn is because of, of this. Some source issue or... Or they're not completely reviewed not or reviewed anything right yet, or and when it is completely reviewed and has finished the process, they've decided it's not adequate and it needs to be withdrawn. So what... Is there a... I mean, I know we have AMA and things like mm-hmm. that, but it, is there really a way... I mean, anybody can publish, as you said a minute ago, mm-hmm. uh, some doctor who's independent, doesn't work for a healthcare system or something, can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that, if you're asking, is there one place that you can go that there, you there can really be assured? There isn't, is there? There is not. So you, we talked about this earlier. If you have questions about this vaccine or this virus, start with your physician. Right, because that's mm-hmm. the person who knows you and, and you know their motivation. You know, as a as a physician, a pediatrician for a group of children, my motivation is to keep them healthy, happy, alive, right, etc. Right. And it's that's like my a loan own shark. If you kill your patients, you don't have any work right. anymore. Well, that doesn't make <laughs> well. It's still it's a kind of a silly analogy, but it's it's effectively correct. And and if you think about this too, this also goes back to uh, the misinformation part of this goes back to conspiracy theorists. And I'm mm-hmm. going to throw this out because the, one of the things that the conspiracy theorists always think of, and, you know, if you're listening to this and you got your aluminum foil hat on, mm-hmm. you're not going to like what I'm about to say. You're all loony because <laughs> think about this for a second. The government is not going to want to do something because the, one of the things that I heard was it was, was just completely out there. They're going to give you this vaccine so that you get the virus and die. Mm-hmm. There goes your tax money. Yeah. And we're broke right now. It's all about population control philosophy. The, well, no, it doesn't make sense because the government wants your tax money. Oh, if yeah. they kill half the population, there's a lot of money out of the way. I mean, I'm just being very cynical about this, but this is kind of where those theories come into play that don't just even the basis of it doesn't make any sense. So what do you tell somebody who is refusing to be I, I, I don't think there's a I think there's a group of people you're not gonna reach. 
just it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. There's going to be some tinfoil hat flat earthers. There's, there's always yeah, gonna, you're going you're to have those people no matter what. But well, let, as long as they stay in their compound and they don't come out, I don't mind. I, but, but the problem <laughs> is they are coming out and they're yeah. writing things like we're just talking about, and they're putting stuff on the internet. And it might be somebody with an advanced degree who still believes this nonsense, so they put some letters after their name, and all of a sudden people think they're credible. Right. They taught for two years at some school someplace, and now they're geniuses, right? So they mm-hmm. we, we take their word for it. Mm-hmm. What do you say to somebody? You know, if you had a parent that came into your office with a kid, and, and they're old enough, and, and there's I'm not going to give them a vaccine, what would you say to convince them? Well, the first thing I think that people need to realize is science is a process. It is not an endpoint. And we have to work with the information that we're given. And And I think a lot of the conspiracy theorists come about because information you're given now may contradict or at least partially contradict information that you were given before sure because more data is known and more information is known right and so does it mean that when we were told you know last year or the year you know not to wear a mask or masks weren't useful or whatever mm-hmm. based on the information that was given at that time it seemed to be true and then five minutes later right right the everybody motive- mask up well, and the main, the motivation at the time was, first of all, they said that it was to keep the masks for the healthcare providers because they were the ones in right. direct contact with the highest risk. That was about numbers, though, right? That, that was about inventory. Yeah. Yeah. That was preparing. And then once they got to, okay, now you all can wear them, you know, then it became a contradiction. Well, you said we, we couldn't have them. Now right. we can have them. How do we know they even work? So then they went in and did all the testing on the mask, you know, and, and you've seen all these studies that have shown droplets and, and droplets going through different materials, compositions yes. and materials and mm-hmm. things like that in order to try to make the science more. But my point is, you can hear this and you can hear this and you can hear from everybody, but you need to take that information and, and ask yourself, does it really make sense? Right. And who's telling me this? Right. And what yeah. is their motivation? And motivation is a big piece of this because right. of the, because as we've talked about before, this has become incredibly politically motivated. And it is. In the midst of this, it became politically motivated. And it's financially motivated. Right. I mean, because right. you, you know, we were talking about YouTube just a second ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get so many subscribers to YouTube, you make more money. Still right? trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> There's a 12-year-old making $40 million a year. start and, talking about how the earth is flat. I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> so if it's, if it's all these motivations kicking this sideways so now effectively i i posted something on facebook earlier today which basically said you know what if you had just done the stuff that they asked you to do mm-hmm. a year ago more than a year ago now right. when this thing first started instead of arguing about my rights arguing about my political thing whatever that was there's a good potential a lot of this would not be happening now because it would have slowed it that much it wouldn't have right. gotten rid of it for sure there mm-hmm. would have still been strains of this thing going on but if are we back to that i mean are we to the point again where we're having to start over in some ways because of the oh, variants? i don't think we're starting over the, the problem with the delta variant is that it is so much more infectious right you're carrying thousands of viral particles in your nose and, and sinuses mm-hmm. whether you're infected and unfortunately you know as we saw by the cdc report that was put out yeah even if you're not infected and you're hauling yeah. it around with you whether exactly. you've got the vaccine or not did they didn't they say that you can carry the delta variant in your nose and mm-hmm. even if you're vaccinated you can pass that on to other people right that's correct and yeah. not even feel any symptoms or be sick from right. it and that's why they're asking you to reconsider going back to the mask because if if i happen to have you know that virus going around and and you were not vaccinated mm-hmm. and i wasn't wearing a mask there you know i'm 
I'm not protecting you as well as I could have been. Right. Now, and, is that just the nature of biology that the virus itself is trying to survive, so it's become more well, virulent, virulent, I guess virulent. would be the word? Well, and I don't know that it's become more virulent. It's become more infectious. Right. Um, That's the, about transmission. Yeah. Right. Infectious is how many people, you know, because according to the CDC report, and I have not read the entire CDC report, so take the take Neither that have any of the government pundits who are talking about. Well, <laughs> what they were saying is that the original variant was as infectious as the common cold, mm-hmm. which means that if I was coughing and sneezing with it, two people would be infected usually as an average. Okay. And that's how they figure out infectivity is how many people are infected from each individual person right. that's spreading. Okay. Now they're saying um, that the Delta variant is as infectious as the chickenpox virus. So that's more like six people. Six people yeah. is what I saw in this. So that's at right. least three times. Exactly. Which means it's going to spread a lot quicker. <clears throat> and then oh. you're in a Wrigley Spearmint Gum commercial where which one's the one they told two people and they told two people? And well, yeah. Two it's, it, and I don't remember the product. I always is, remember the part of the problem. And, and, and that's the thing is getting people to understand that because they, they think they, meaning the people that still are resisting to this information, are still saying things like, um, there is no bug. This is something the government made mm-hmm. up. And this new one is another way to keep us down and keep us from having our businesses open and all that stuff. And I keep going back to that. It's hard to feel sorry for people. I don't understand what the government's well, motivation listen, for messing there with the economy would be. That's my point. Be, so where's your argument? The there? last thing anybody wanted to do at the government level, whether it's federal, state, local, whatever, was shut anything down right. because it brings everything to a halt. Mm-hmm. And we're still not recovered from that. And the government is who's been, you know, trying to help people get back open. So it doesn't make any sense that they well, would decide I think, against it. You know, and and. and Taking, again, without spinning this off into a political discussion, but the idea that you had a federal government in conflict with the state and local governments for a long time, mm-hmm. one's putting out one bit of information, one's putting out another, still another coming from another location. What are you supposed to believe? I mean, and that's no matter what your pol- political motivation is, mm-hmm. are you just going along with the party or do you try to break down the science and actually go... Well, I, I, my advice to you would be, first of all, think about what do you need to know in order to make your decision, mm-hmm. okay? Everything in life is risk versus benefits, right? You, Always. You, you know, you brought up the, I, the fact that if we had followed every recommendation a year ago, this might not have happened. Maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, just like, you know, the person that's about to get hit by a car an hour from now. If they hadn't gone on that errand, they wouldn't have been hit it's, by the it's car. It's all cause and effect. Exactly. We don't know what's going to happen. So as far as risk versus benefits, we, you want to weigh your risk and benefits, and you have to figure out what your risk is. So think about what you need to know. You need to know what your vaccine is made of. All right. So you need to talk to somebody and find out and get rid of any misconceptions there. Somebody you trust, right? who so, is an expert at this in some fashion. Right, so if you're worried that you know, you're gonna get sick from the vaccine, you need to understand what a live virus vaccine is right. mm-hmm. and that this is not. If you're worried that it's gonna incorporate into your DNA, you need to know that this is not DNA. If you're worried that it's gonna code for COVID, you know, the SARS-CoV-2 virus inside of your cells and make you, you know, do something to you, you need to understand that it's a, a genetic sequence for the spike protein, not all of it. Mm-hmm. So first you gotta know what it means. Secondly, you need to know what SARS-CoV-2, the, the COVID virus, can do to you. 
And that's another risk versus benefits. If you're older, your risk is higher. If you have chronic disease, your risk is higher. If you have immune suppressed, immune suppressed, any number of right. variants. So look at your chronic diseases, your family chronic diseases, and find out what your risks are. Then weigh that versus your benefits. What is your risk of the vaccine? What could possibly happen to you? We've heard some of the small circumstances that have occurred, like the myocarditis as a result of the vaccine in, that, in a small that's population. That's the inflammation in the heart. Correct. You know, and what is your risk of that? Look and see how many how many people that has actually happened to, what age group it happened to, was there any long lasting effects from it? Mm -hmm. Then take that risk and compare it to the disease. How often does myocarditis happen if you have COVID infection? You may be surprised to see it's how calm, oh, it's much, much yeah. higher. How long does the COVID virus cause you, you know, the brain fog and chronic loss of smell and, you know, all the other things that can happen. Mm -hmm. So. Just gather that information for yourself and, and even make a table if you have to. You know, these Pluses are my risks. These well, are my like benefits. Well, just any other decision, pros and mm -hmm. cons of whether or not I decide to buy a new car but, well, or but anything else in I, your life. I, you know, I still, got, I still have this, and, and all that is perfect, and I think that's what people should do. I, from my perspective, I feel like, and you can't see this unless you're watching the video here, but I've got my mask that was in mm -hmm. my pocket. because Mine I did, too. I didn't know if they were going to start doing that right. or how many people would be here. It's pretty right. empty, so I'm not that worried. Well, and I did read something about just for your own safety, a lot of people are wearing masks again in mm -hmm. like a Walmart well, or someplace where you're going to be around a lot of people. Well, my question is, what exactly does this little piece of fabric harm me? Right, how can it harm me how, to do this? How hard is it? A, it's not, it's like not it's a big a deal. And when you think about the number of risks, and, and I pointed this out, you, you were talking about the risk versus reward, and you think about the number of risks, the, the majority of people that I see in, in my circle, and this is just my perspective, um, people on, on social media or people that I know, the majority of the people who are resistant to this because they're afraid of it, mm -hmm. they're afraid of the risk, mm -hmm. tend to be smokers or drinkers, they have a lot of tattoos, which to me is an incredible risk because, I mean, you don't know what that guy's been sterilized, if he's doing his stuff right or whatever. All of these risky behaviors that are in there, mm -hmm. and yet this makes them want to say no. And and they would complain about putting a mask on. I have a problem with that because I feel like th that puts so you're many... You're already engaging in so many other risks. You are. Things, and you, doesn't make any sense. And you're only doing this, you're not well, doing this because of some other reason. But then but you, you got to remember, too, that there's a couple biases going on here, too. Yes. You right. know, first of all, there's the recency virus. Have you ever, like, bought a red car and noticed that everybody else has got a red car all of a sudden because yes. you just bought one? Because you're noticing that. Thing. Right. Right. That's and you're true. seeing this information online and saying, oh, this happened, this happens, this so happens. So they're just grabbing it all and... Yeah. And seeing it all and, and thinking, but, you know, yeah. they have there hasn't been much in the news lately about alcohol mm -hmm. and smoking and right. that risk. Um, and they're just seeing that. And look and at the any numbers. Any good of computer algorithm will keep popping up crazy articles you want, because you've yeah. looked at a crazy article. And, mm -hmm. that, and that's the other thing, too, because we, I think people, because more people are getting the information from social media, has really caused a problem with this mm -hmm. because there's no good information there. If you're listening to this, yes, our old nerd is on social media, but right. we don't disperse other people's information. Well, we're not trying to convince anybody <laughs> of anything. We're not trying to convince anybody of anything. We don't, we don't get extra, you know, we get subscribers nothing. This by makes nothing. you getting a vaccine. And that's, but, but <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and all those places, they do. They have algorithms. Mean, now, they're supposed to have curtailed that sort of stuff, and you do have complete control over your feed. Mm -hmm. But if nobody's going to bother to change that, you're going to be constantly being, you know, 
bombarded with this stuff because right. you you clicked on that one article. Well, now mm-hmm. it knows you like so like those articles. Well, as far as your mask, think about all the Here's people in in Asia that wear masks We're, all, all the, the time, time. Yeah. in order to not get influenza and, and not I've get seen cold. That. It's, it's influenza. World it's pollution. Disney it's World just, and other places too right. that you will see that people from the, other countries, the foreign travelers, will Asian all wear. especially, they will wear there's, them. Everywhere. There's a reason they're doing it, and it's not that big a deal. Okay, how would you feel? <laughs> and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the to With the listening. I'm gonna talk to funny. I'm going to talk to the <laughs> Let's put your wah-wah into that one. Um, I'll talk to the listening audience as well. How would any of you feel if you were awake at the time of going into a surgical procedure and you, were, you weren't you were anesthetized yet? You were going, let's say your appendix is coming out or some, something mm-hmm. minor. You're going in and you're awake when you go in. The doctors and nurses come in. None of them, none of them is gowned. None of them is wearing a mask. None of them is wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. What would you do? I'd be off of that table in a shot and be all like, <laughs> really? Because they're not keeping it, you know, because you glove after the, you wash, right? They're so putting you, you at risk. They're putting me at risk. 1905, when we used to all, the surgery wouldn't kill you, but the infection afterwards. The afterward, infection afterwards. Right. But what about walking into your doctor's office and they mm-hmm. don't wash their hands? It just yes. drives me crazy. See, I, I mean, just, they've it never increased stops. your risk. Everybody's I'm curious, does anybody have any of the information about how much the flu vaccine the flu was down this past winter. There was something about we that. Because we were all washing well, our hands and cleaning more. Yes. It's, it's markedly down. Yeah. And that's the reason. Because, because of, of that. Because Which of the we social- should do anyway. Well, <laughs> there's the question. Why weren't we doing all this stuff? That's what he always says. Why weren't they already cleaning the restaurant before? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Why are you not getting up every 15 minutes when you're writing? Well, I generally do. Do you? But, okay. I had, but I had to learn that. Yeah. Right. That's not something I do it on automatically. I had to learn bit, it. You're and also wired a bit twitchy. I am a little twitchy. And see, that's that's <laughs> the point. It takes conscious effort. You have to right. do it. To do it mm-hmm. and make it a habit, and but, that takes. But time. does it take conscious effort to teach the kids to wash their hands after they go to the bathroom? Because quicker not to. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that, I we, mean, we will have you to can't see the face, face just now. Obviously, be I'm being devil's yeah. advocate here because I am totally <laughs> in favor no of sense, right. man. <laughs> but Today on so Old Nerd, a doctor suggests Hand not washing your hands. Or actually washing your hands. <laughs> I don't care which one you do as long as you <laughs> do something. At least one. I am not suggesting that. So <laughs> no. What's the old joke of the, the one military guys that... Uh, the, washes his hands after and the other one doesn't and he says well in my branch of the military they taught us not to pee on our hands oh gosh <laughs> and now we've gone go ahead with what you were going to say because that's I'm off the rails thinking so yeah, more practically have you ever been in a school like i have oh yes oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's how much time do those children get how many ch- uh, you know do they get to go to the restroom and stuff do they get in trouble if they don't get back to the classroom in time? You know, how yeah, many things are like there? Seven operating? minutes between classes, and the store building was three stories. So if you had to go from any the first water floor to across the third your floor, hand at all is better than nothing. Right, and, and in an ideal world, <laughs> yes. everybody would be washing your hands, and I am totally against that. So now that. we've got. But I, I also want to bring up that that's the same thing with the vaccine. If you've got a mother who mm-hmm. has four children mm-hmm. who has to get to work every day, who can't you know is hearing oh the vaccine can cause me to be have a fever and muscle aches for three days so now you're afterward. concerned about being sick after right. exactly i mean we have to be cognizant of the fact that our risk and benefits may not be the same as someone else's right and if we want to get everyone vaccinated we have to figure out what what it is that's really the risk that they're concerned about mm-hmm. and the obstacles that they're facing and work on those we have to also be a 
aware and stay away from enacting what I call more babysitting laws. And, mm-hmm. what, and to me, that is, they're common sense things that people should be doing anyway that mm-hmm. really don't affect a lot of people. It's kind of like the wearing the helmet on a motorcycle thing mm-hmm. to me. It's like, if you're just as dead, whether you hit my car or somebody else's, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to wear a motorcycle helmet, that's fine. That's up to you, I guess. But but then if they get in, they have a closed head injury, and now I'm paying for their benefits. Exactly. Because they, that's where the they problem were dumb comes enough in. to get hurt. So this person is that th- affects me. Our theoretical mom, who's who's single mom, got three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to deal with all this stuff. They have to work. They have to do all this stuff. At what point does it become our problem? Well, I think that the the thing that we want to be careful of is not to put all people who have not been vaccinated in the same bucket. Correct. And I think that's happening a lot, too. And recognize that there are different reasons for different people. And if we can try to help out our neighbor to, you know, if you're a neighbor to that single mom with three children Mm -hmm. and you would like to to help, that's, you can. Make sure that they know they got coverage if they have to get it. Exactly. Let her know if you have, if you end up having a fever or any muscle aches or anything, let me know. I'll be. There was a time uh, not that long ago, and some neighborhoods are still like this, where you would do things for your neighbor, and you knew what was Mm -hmm. going on. I haven't even met my neighbors, and I've been there almost a year. Of course, there is a large amount of bushes between my house and theirs, and (laughs) I would have to walk out on a very busy street to get to their house, but (laughs) I could have gone over and said hello at any point. So to kind of narrow some of this stuff down, so some of the mythology surrounding this thing. Um, kind of goes into that is this di- dichotomy between and it's probably not just two but there's probably a lot of variations of why people aren't getting the vaccine that's mm-hmm. correct there's politics there's personal feelings there's religion there's whatever these things are so if you think about when when someone comes up like one of the most popular ones that i'm hearing that that uh people are not letting their their 12 year old and up get vaccinated for they're not letting their daughters get vaccinated for mm-hmm. because they say it will make them infertile which has already been debunked. It has. Um, And both the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecology and um, I'm blanking on the other major obstetrician and gynecology organization, both of them are in full support of getting the COVID vaccine. So there's these there. So that's just one example. So Mm -hmm. there, there are all these things that people are afraid of. And as we've discussed, the best thing to do is start with your doctor but then look at the like resources, as we've mentioned, CDC is a great place to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe your own hospital system has some information that they're putting out wherever your doctor is through. They may have some information that might be a good one. Um, but steer clear to me, and this is me speaking as a journalist, steer clear of news, news mm-hmm. sources, no matter how viable they are. That's not where your information should come that's from on this that's stuff. That's correct, because you don't right. know what their references are at a lot. Of t- and, and that's another thing, too. You mentioned, you know, you won't accept something unless it has three solid references. Right. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of them don't have anything. Exactly. Yeah. As a consumer, if you're reading something, if it's not referenced, just right. move on past it. Because right. it's not. And, well, you, and if you see something and you're confused, you want to look up another resource to mm-hmm. see if it agrees or disagrees with it. Right. And, and do the, you know, Google's great about using the same word searches to find multiple different sources for something mm-hmm. so if you don't have that uh duck, duck go is also a good mm-hmm. one for that because it's got it, it's not tracking you so right. you're not going to get the, it's only good for me is the idea is that it's not keeping those cookies in there and just right. you know keeping your history i found out that you get better airline flights if you use a browser you haven't used before because it's not saving all those temporary <laughs> I have too. Yeah, somebody I, told me that, that recently. Yeah. So next episode is about travel, airline flights. Apparently, yes. airline flights. 
Um, so we're coming down to the end here. We, we're running a little long on purpose. That's mm-hmm. okay. This is an important piece. Is there is there anything you would like to say as a physician, as as an educator, that might help people who are standing on the fence? Right. Yeah. Um, I think the most effective thing is to weigh your risks and benefits. You know, you had mentioned yesterday as far as people being concerned about school. Mm-hmm. Weigh your risk and benefits of, of sending your children to school. Look at how prevalent COVID is in the school. What is your school actively doing to protect children? What are the risks of your child not going to school? How effective was online schooling for your children over the last year? Mm-hmm. You know, are you concerned about depression, suicide, you know, any of those kind of things? Do you feel, feel like your child actually kept up over the last year with their academics compared to previous years? Mm-hmm. That's that. You mentioned as far as the, the woman and choosing not to get vaccinated and infertility. Mm-hmm. What does COVID do to a pregnant woman? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't look at just one side of the risk versus benefit. You got to look at both sides. If you're not going to get vaccinated, your risk of getting COVID increases. If your risk of COVID increases, what does that mean for you? Yeah, because there are a lot of long-lasting effects that people mm-hmm. are finding out after you are... Right. Which we didn't know until now. <clears throat> right. Because right. it Be- wasn't prominent. Right. And that's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of implications for our, our jobs, economics, everything in the future. And there is long flu also. I mean, there right. are people who get you know, um, brain fog and, and long-term symptoms from influenza. And what we're yeah. talking about long flu is where the, the, the symptoms and the, and the other, the repercussions of the flu lasting longer and the right, effects right. are lasting longer. So this isn't something that's unique to COVID, mm-hmm. but we have so many people with COVID right now and, and who are recovering from COVID. And we have, you know, and to be able to see it all happening, yeah. there's, that's a huge risk. Well, and this is a massive, I imagine the researchers are just, you know, not jumping for joy, but very excited about the amount of data that they can collect on right. an active well, virus that year. we haven't had, you know, like since the so, flu first came around, I think so we haven't had something to study like this. Exactly. And it isn't, and, and the information will come out there and, and that information will be used for years into the future to right. hopefully prevent, prevent other epidemics. And there are going to be other ones. There sure There's going to be other pandemics, yeah. but mm-hmm. maybe we can react differently because of what we've learned this time. Every hundred years or so uh, right. wipes out a big chunk of the population. Mm-hmm. And But for, <laughs> for you, me, and everyone else, what can we do? Wash yeah. our hands all the time. You know, I know it I'm takes, obsessive about it. I know so it takes, like, I am too. And I know it takes a couple extra seconds, yes. but what's your priorities, right. you know, and the risks versus benefits of not washing your hands. Yeah. And Does, teachers out there, give your kids a couple extra minutes to let them wash right. their hands. When I've heard people say, I'm good with the fact that we don't shake hands anymore, because I don't oh, know I why we too. were doing it before. I don't really like you know, it. we didn't really need to. I, ne- I never really was a big handshaker in the first right. place. So it was, it was kind of a relief in yeah. a way. Right. And maintain your social distance when possible. I right. mean, if it's grandma, back to risk versus benefits, yeah. you know. Give grandma a mask. And a hug. <laughs> yeah, right. And a hug. Because the risk is well, and the risk <laughs> is high that grandma, you know, yeah. may not be able to receive your hug in the future. So but if, maybe don't go to a parade and wear t shirts that says free hugs because well, then you're hugging people you don't know. You know exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to a parade and give away anything. They're gonna have to pay for it. So I'm I'm you too never broke. give away anything. I, I don't give anything away. So <laughs> and the other part of you know, I'm thinking about there's a great campaign in there somewhere, a great ad campaign about give grandma a hug and yeah. it's a mask right 
And so if anybody's listening, if the CDC wants that, they're going to pay me. It's a mask and hug thing. It's a mask and hug. Together. Yeah, you give a mask and it's and it's, it's got a yeah, hug thing, like a little it. heart on it or something. Like a bear with a hug. Exactly. Right. Okay. So we've got make a all your thing. decisions that there way. You, you brought up going into restaurants. Right. Yeah. If you're a family that sitting together and dining in a restaurant is a high priority for you, that's the only time mm-hmm. you connect, things like that. The benefits are greater than just somebody who is running right. in there to pick up food. Here well, lately, you have the been... option of sitting outside if you want to Absolutely. lower your risk a little bit. Of course, you might get some secondhand smoke. So I should point out, well, even most places have, have banned smoking even outside now have for they? the same reasons. Wow. Because they have to seat people outside. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. they have a no smoking policy indoors, right. they have to be able to seat people out there because of whatever then during the pandemic, they made that non-smoking as well. And you have to step mm-hmm. outside of their space. And in the right. end, hopefully a lot of these habits will last. Right. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll be more conscious of wearing masks when we're sick, especially. Yeah. Washing is, our hands. That's why I asked before, distance. when you're seeing the places clean so much, yeah. mm-hmm. why aren't we doing that already? Right. And I've noticed like the YMCA's, things like that, like our, our particular Y mm-hmm. has stopped the obsessive cleaning, yeah. which worries me a little. Because it costs money. It does cost well, money. Well, they've but taken it, down the barriers and stuff in some places. There's they, no check-ins. The return, well, their return on investment is high if you won't come right. because exactly. they're not cleaning. That's yeah. what doesn't make sense. But if you're I, back I spend to a lot of money there. Right. Yeah. But if you're back to coming again. That was new. What did you break? <laughs> uh, that's... Oh, it's like an alarm. We've got a watch going <laughs> like, off. My phone doesn't do any noise like that. Well, well I that like note. it, though. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens note. have now arrived. We're being taken. So clearly, w- over. We, we could actually we could fill a couple of episodes with this because right. this is such a big deal. And, you know, around here, we're in the midst of fair season, county mm-hmm. fair season. Uh, our local county fair just started yesterday. And our county is being hit hard with variant and, and just COVID in, in general. And I'm concerned that after the fair is over, Which because there's be no, yeah. there is absolutely, looking at the videos from there yesterday that the news was like passing nobody's the camera across, anything. nobody's doing anything. They're crammed oh. in there like sardines. And, and I, they all still I can have think the rides of, and everything? Yeah, everything's there. It's all open wow. and running. So I, I'm concerned that with people having been so lackadaisical about this for mm-hmm. the last several months, that it's, that's one of the reasons it's caught up. But now, with the variant spreading so quickly, now we're getting even more of this stuff. So, yeah. uh, from from our perspective here, I think we're, I think we're done for today for this episode. But I wanted to I would just say the biggest takeaway is inform yourself mm-hmm. and check the, the references sources, yes. of the sources of your inf- information to make sure that you're getting accurate and information, it might seem, not from one place. And it might seem like we're being redundant about this and, and that we've said it uh, over and over here. But yeah. I think it's worth saying over and over again: talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, get your resources, make a, a, a checks and balances list. Yeah, the risk versus benefits. I yeah, think is see probably if that's the best advice. The best thing. And um, Leanne, I want to thank you for coming and spending some time thank with you. us today. This is thank really you, important. Yeah. I think this is probably the most important one we've done for probably a year. And I think it. I since hope since water. Since water. <laughs> <laughs> one of our first episodes was about water. Um, okay. And it's it was a big deal. So Drinking water. Drink plenty of water. Not As a matter of fact, that will help you stay healthier, too. So yes, it's all absolutely. part of this. Continue your exercise. S- social distance. Steer clear of, you know, if you know that there are pockets of, of areas that have mm-hmm. been hit hard, stay away from them if you can. Wear your own mask. Yeah. If you're, for your own good, if not anybody well, else's. All the things that and we teach people. even though you people, were joking before. Yes. Yeah. Wash your hands. Wash yes. your hands. Please wash <laughs> your hands. All the things that we teach kindergarten kids wash yeah. your hands right. cover your coughs and sneezes well that's what they said everything you need to know you learned in kindergarten you that's did right. and nobody's using it 
Except for the sharing <laughs> thing. Don't do the sharing thing. Um, don't like share anything right now. It's okay. People will be all right with that. Everybody have their own individual containers. Yeah. It's going to be fine, um, which we probably should have been doing in the first place. Yes. But uh, so with that, we will call it a day. Um, uh, again, thank you, Leanne, for stopping by. I almost said do your business well. That's, uh, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten our, so, our, I've forgotten our thing. On behalf, get up and get out there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of uh, Julie Barth, who's our producer and uh, editor for this episode my name is jerry deer and we will see you the next time on old nerd in the gym fitness podcast now say it get up and get out there i feel like i should say get up and wash your hands get up and and get out there doesn't sound really good right now we'll see you next time thank you for listening to old nerd in the gym fitness podcast our program is produced engineered and edited by julie barth and directed by jerry deer To learn more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Old Nerd in the Gym Fitness Podcast, contact producer Julie Barth by email at oldnerdfitness at gmail.com. This program is copyright 2021, Old Nerd in the Gym Fitness LLC, and GLD Enterprises Communications Limited. All rights reserved.